Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics with Cisco and Falstone Hour. Welcome back. What a hectic last couple of weeks. We had the elections on November 3rd, and so many things have happened. It's been a week and two days since the November elections that will be remembered as the voter fraud election. Incredible. Don't I feel like I'm, I'm in a banana republic, third world country, where they cannot finish counting votes. Come on. This is ridiculous. But this year they came up with the Dominion software, Dominion machines. As someone who has knowledge about technology as a cybersecurity specialist, engineer, I would say that, yes, hacking into a computer system is doable. That it happened, we don't know yet. We have to send in some forensic cybersecurity specialists who can actually do a forensic audit on each of the machines and each of the data. Most likely, these individuals who had Dominion probably encrypted the data, but there's ways of encrypting encrypting the data. But anyway, Mark, welcome. How are you? Yes, hello. Yes, my rant. How are you? Uh, (laughs) I wanted to talk about this very dangerous virus sweeping across from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And no, it's not coronavirus. The virus I'm talking about is Marxist-Leninism, a foreign dogma that has no place in the Western Hemisphere, whether North or South America or Central America. They right. put holes in Cuba, Nicaragua, uh, a few other South American nations, but now we are looking at it right in the face. And what a disgrace the middle-class Democrats are. How dare you vote for this 47-year D.C. skank? Are you freaking <laughs> kidding me? Uh, is this a joke? You just voted against your own interest. You know what you do after this radio show? Go slit your wrist because that's just about what the hell you've done. Watch... Don't be surprised gas goes up three, four, five times. Your electric bill doubles and the food bills go up. Do you remember the no toilet paper situation? Uh, Definitely. Well, you may have to start getting used to that as well as other merchandise and goods. You idiots. That's that's (laughs) my ring. Oh, fantastic. Well, let's give the audience some data here. The number of email... uh, Mail-in ballots rejected incredibly in the last two elections, in the previous two elections. Like, for example, in 2018, 30 million mail-in ballots were casted. Election officials tossed out more than 425,000 mail-in ballots. That, That means it's about one in every four ballots. 2018, okay, which basically, and it was due to signature issues, were cited for the longest portion of rejections. Again, 425,000 mail-in ballots were rejected in 2018. That's a rejection rate of approximately 1.4 overall. In this year's election, 
it appears the numbers rejected will be under 1%. Under 1%. Okay? So you're going to have 80 million absentee ballots casted at 100,000 that have a problem. I mean, this is a, this is a nightmare. It's a freaking nightmare. Guess what? In very blue cities and blue states, Minnesota no longer requires ballots to be witnessed like traditionally ha- has been the case. PA basically changed the whole structure of voting. They basically ruled that ballots cannot be rejected if the signatures do not match. How much more evidence is that? Okay. So basically what we have to do, what the president and the lawyers and everyone has to do, is basically do a computer forensic audit. That's one. And then do a total audit, not a recount, a combination of both. And then you'll get a better idea of what's actually going on. But anyway, that was my little bit of information that I have. Welcome to our program tonight, Luis Miguel, who's a writer, political strategist, and let me tell you, his articles are awesome. Conservative activist and Christian patriot based out of Florida. He has written for multiple right-of-center news outlets, including BizPack Review, Matt World News, and is currently a regular contributor to the print and online editions of the New American Magazine. Great magazine, covering subjects like deep state, globalism, immigration, and the anti-Christian agenda. Welcome, Luis. Hey there, evening. Glad to be back on. Okay. Mark, welcome, uh, yes, Luis. Yes, welcome, uh, welcome Definitely. So, Luis, I know um, you've been writing up a, a lot on, on what's going on in, 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 in the current environment. Um and but before we go get to that juicy part, I, I want to get your feedback on the what the Mexican president, Mr. Obradero, I believe that's his name, Juan Carlos, he says that he stands firm on not recognizing Joe Biden as the winner of the 2020 elections. What's your take on that? And he's not the only one. Bolsonaro in Brazil has also, and there's quite a few of them who have not. Absolutely. You know, it's very interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of sad to say, uh, unfortunately, you have someone like uh, Bibi Netanyahu, you know, a huge ally of the United States, someone who the president, who the country supports so many times. And, you know, he went out and uh, kind of accepted what the media is saying, that Joe Biden is a quote-unquote president-elect. Yeah. Um, and you have other people, you know, Bolsonaro, huge from Ballet, you know, he's held back rightly to see what actually happens. And yeah, like you said, you have uh, president of Mexico, uh, Lopez Obrador. And Lopez Obrador. About that, you know, uh, unlike uh, a Bolsonaro, for example, Lopez Obrador, he's, I mean, he, he's not exactly a right of center politician. On the, <laughs> he's actually, it's quite the contrary. He's a Trotskyist. Marxist socialist. Yes. Uh, but even, but, but he, he's also had a very strong strain of uh, populism within his political movement. So that's why some people have compared him to Trump in that sense. Right. You know, wanting to go against the establishment, wanting to go against uh, foreign interests and all that kind of stuff. But the thing with him, I think more than anything, like with him, like with president of China, like with uh, Putin, it's kind of a, a matter of simply being smart. I think he, you know, he recognizes his country's reliance on the United States, and he's just being smart. He realizes it's far from over, and he's, uh, you know, rightfully hedging his bet. Mm-hmm. And probably realizes, you know, you know, if the thing about Mexico, they have proximity on the border. They're probably more directly invested in American politics than a lot of other countries out there. And sure. because of that, you know, he he doesn't want to ruffle anything. And I think it's actually an important insight for us, an important insight for people who want to know what direction things are actually going to go in in the end. That the fact that this, that him and some of these other big players aren't jumping on the Biden media bandwagon or actually holding back, <laughs> it's kind of indicative. 
indicative that the people that the people in the in the know in the international community, you know, really do understand what way to win by in the blowing in the end. Definitely, definitely. I I I, I tend to believe that um, they know something that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But we have an idea. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think uh, that's a positive, um, uh, positive news for for us that we are basically focusing on 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 the legality uh, of this uh, election and, and counting legal all the legal votes. Let's talk. Let's touch on on something that I I've brought up in the past. I said from on this show that election night is going to be a, period, a point of no return for the Democrats. They either had to do something about it and manufacture or, or a crisis or create another way of, of beating Trump. And when the Dominion, I'm, I'm in technology, I'm, I'm, I'm a cybersecurity guy, uh, when I heard about Dominion, I just, right away, I said, listen, I know, I, I got a programming background. You can manipulate data. Data can be manipulated at the easy points. You can basically uh, include conditionals that if, certain, if, if Trump is leading by this percentage at this point, boom, move the, the votes there. That's, that's coding. That's coding. If anyone knows about coding, you can do that. So, my question to you is, one of the things that, and I'll, I'll get to the question, is that people don't realize how easy it is. Um, what do you think this whole Dominion scandal, because a lot of the Dominion ownership, it's, it's controlled by the Pelosi's, I mean, the uh, Pelosi's and the Feinstein's. They have a large investment in, in Dominion. What's your take on, on, on the Dominion uh, scandal? I mean, absolutely. I mean, right now, uh, everything they, or I should say the precincts that use Dominion, you know, absolutely have been compromised. It's a huge, huge, you know, crisis of credibility of faith in the electoral system. And I think you're having deep audits of all these votes. This is where we need to be focusing our efforts on Dominion. You know, frankly, one of the sad things is it should never have gotten to this point. I mean, we all saw the rampant fraud have known it for years, for decades, but especially when the 2016 election, we all understood how how bad the situation was, and then in the midterms, and you know I love Trump, and he of course he tried to take action on it with his uh, commission on voter integrity, on voter fraud a few years back. He had Chris Kobach on there, mm-hmm. but unfortunately it, it fizzled out, and nothing came of it. And the problem is, you know. Hats off to Trump. He actually tried to do something. Where was the Republican Congress? Where were Republican state legislators? Mm-hmm. You know, the Republican governors all this time. No one did anything. We all had. We all knew for months and months what they were planning. You know, for years we knew what they were planning. But as far as like the mail-in ballots, people like you, people like me, you know, we knew what the mail-in ballots, what the COVID stuff was all about mm-hmm. from the beginning. We, and, and they told us, frankly, from the get-go, you know, when, when you had Stacey Abrams out there saying that we weren't going to know the results on election night, when you had the Election uh, Integrity Project, Burroughs Funded Group, saying that there was going to be a red mirage. It was going to be looking like Trump was going to win on election night, but then Biden would come out on top with the mail-in ballots were counted. You know, we all knew what they were planning. Why didn't our leaders act? Instead, they went along with the farce. They went along with the COVID garbage. They went along with the mail-in voting. And now we're in this situation where, you know, we're at the critical point. It's exactly like you said. You know, the Democrats realized that this was going to be their last chance. They knew that Trump was going to win a landslide, and he did win in the landslide. Unfortunately, it's all been muddled now by the fake votes. But this was the only way that they were going to win. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, the right in America let them get away with it. So now we're in this critical juncture where, you know, it's uncertain. But I do believe that the president will pull out of it because he's a fighter. And he'll, the only way he cannot win at this point is if he concedes, and I don't see him doing that. But right. to go back to uh, the Dominion, absolutely. I mean, those, thing, those things have to be deeply investigated. 
likely even tossed out. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that's the route that the president ends up going and that ultimately the courts decide to toss out votes in precincts that relied on dominion technology. Definitely. I mean, I, I see two ways of this going. It's either going to go that he wins the swing states or he goes to the Supreme Court. And one of the things that, that I've said in the past also, and, and I've actually mentioned it in, in other outlets on uh, social media, is that uh, when, when President Trump went ahead and, and, and pushed for the nomination and confirmation of Amy Barrett, he knew what he was doing. He, he expected this, that this eventually would end up in, at the Supreme Court and Amy would cast the, uh, the deciding vote because we can't count on, on robbers uh for for anything yeah that's one thing mr yeah. trump is uh, a good 3d chess player uh he's learned a lot from going to dc but the problem is he's just constantly being betrayed by these people in his administration you know first and foremost lately fbi director ray yeah that 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 is true <laughs> That is true, but I think I think with the replacement of uh, Esper with Christopher Miller and cleaning a house, I think that that that's going to change, right, Louis? Louis? Absolutely. No, absolutely. You you've got that right. And I will say that, you know, to a certain extent, it is true that the president. I think that the the only problem with the president is that he is a good man. He's an honest man, and he came into Washington and wanting to trust in people who had experience, who had the credentials. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of situations, you know, you can go back to H.R. McMaster, you can go back to Rex Tillerson. These people ended up being swamp creatures. And, you know, the truth is they did, many of them stabbed the president in the back. But he, re, he, he, he understands the situation where we are in history. And he is cleaning house now. And like you said, that's what the Epster, uh, um, Esper situation was all about. Right. And you've got some real patriots like Cash Patel in there. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, actually. It's, it's funny seeing uh, some of the reactions from the left regarding that news. A lot of them are saying, oh, President Trump is planning a, a military coup. He's putting his friends in there so he can uh, <laughs> you know, use the Insurrection Act and, and uh, you know, take over everything. You know. So anyway, but you know, in a certain in a certain in a certain sense, they kind of are in the right direction, but not in the fact of a coup. On the contrary, he's trying to pre- prevent the coup. Right. They're the ones who want to do the coup. You know, you know, that's the thing about the left is they always project, right? Whatever they're projecting onto us is what they're planning to do. But it is true that the president wants people who are not not loyal to him, but true patriots in yeah. there. So that when the situation, because he knows he knows what's coming, once he wins, whether it's in the Supreme Court or the House or however he yeah. ends up pulling this off, which he will, he knows yeah. what's coming. They've been telling us for months what they're planning. They're planning street uprisings. They're going to get Antifa and BLM on the, on the streets. They're going to try to shut down uh, Washington D.C. And so he's getting people in there right. who are going to going to be going to uphold the oath they made to the Constitution. And Definitely. that in and of itself should be a further reaffirmation to us that he has a plan, that he anticipated this, he knows what's coming, and he's confident that he's going to end up pulling through. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, I think the, the fact that he's cleaning house is good. Now, now this, this, this whole situation with the, uh, like I said, this, either the swing state or uh, the courts, you know, I, I keep telling everyone that gets down – on, on, on what's going on, I said, listen, we're not going to be very successful on the state level because the state level, most, the majority of the judges are Obama's uh, appointees. Let's get real. We're not going too far. Away. This has to go. This is going to go. And there's enough, uh, there's enough evidence now. We got Dominion workers that are testifying. There's an affidavit under oath. The, the the UPS, I mean the uh, United States postal worker, that was pressured by um, federal agents to deter himself from actually confirming what he actually was told and what he saw. 
the pressure is on a lot of these patriotic Americans that are actually out there telling, and they couldn't get a, a, go to prison because of perjury. So uh, you have a lot of evidence. They're accumulating that that evidence will be something that would be uh, accepted at a Supreme Court level, would you think? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're right on the money. This is going to have to be resolved in the Supreme Court. You know, too many of these lower-level federal judges, they judges, are frankly on our side. So the important for patriots right now, for constitutionalist conservatives, for those who love America and those who support the president, is be patient and be persistent. All right, it's going to look for a little while. If you're if you're just watching the mainstream media, it's going to look like we're losing for a little while. I mean, that's how it's always been. Simply at, at this point, it's part of the deal if you're a Trump guy. <laughs> but that's what makes Trump the the ultimate underdog. And he's proved it time and time again that when the odds are stacked against him, that's exactly when he gets creative and he pulls off the impossible. And so everyone just needs to be patient, persistent, uh, and just watch, watch these things work their way through. They're going to work their way through the different levels of the courts, until they get to the Supreme Court. In the meantime, everyone needs to continue trying to do their part where they can. You know, put the pressure on your, on all your, on your lawmakers, your representatives at every level of government, local, state, national. You know, especially the, uh, the big guys. You know, call them call the majority leader, call the Senate majority. You know, yeah. And, and get on the streets too. Definitely. Well, there's a. The million march. Six zero five four nine six. You have a, a question for Louis. Hello. Six zero five four nine six. Yeah, are you talking to me? Yes. You have a question for Louis. Let me go. No, I'm listening right now to find out what the show's about because it might be interesting. Okay, great. Um, Fantastic. Okay, so basically at this point. Um, we have Pennsylvania that is still um, the, uh, Samuel Alito says that the votes have to be segregated. And today the, uh, the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania actually basically gave uh, President Trump a victory. What, what's your take on that? Sorry, is that for me? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I heard it calling, but yeah. So I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge win. I mean, you've, you've got the media spinning their narrative at you know full speed. It, they're getting the, the uh, their press is running. What we're seeing right now is honestly the biggest uh, psyop perhaps in our generation, uh, where you have the fraud being committed right in front of us, clear as day. You've got mountains of evidence all around us. You've named some of it yourself. And yet you've got the media telling us not to believe what we're witnessing with our very eyes. It's incredible. It's honestly incredible. What makes it more terrifying is the fact that so many people are being fooled by it. And so many people are caught up in the spell. And that's where the danger is that people on our side, people on the right, are allowing themselves to become demoralized. You know, that's their goal for us. They want to get us out of the picture. They want us not to put up a fight. But what happened in Pennsylvania is huge and just further confirmation that despite uh, the, the, self-assur- the self-assurances from the left, despite all of their jeering and all their mocking and ridiculizing of us, you know, they know it's coming and they're scared. And so you, you had all this last week and all this partying on the streets, these celebrations, but at, at all of it is nothing more than a mask hiding the fact that they're scared underneath it all. So this is a huge step right now in Pennsylvania. They're yeah. the judge Trump team. And expect to see a lot more in the next days, coming weeks. Expect to see repeats of this in, uh, in other swing states and in larger numbers. And the biggest thing here, I mean, there's a lot of votes. It wasn't according to according to the absolute blitz right now, not enough to swing the election. So they say. What's important is the precedent that's that it's setting. 
and the importance of that, which is going to be picked up eventually by the Supreme Court, and that's when you're going to see the definitive swing with with these votes. Right. Uh, one of the, one of the comparisons I, I've, I've I've brought up quite a quite a few times is uh, the elections of 2000. Al Gore. I mean, it was only one state. That's the biggest difference. Now there are multiple states here, but in 2000, Al Gore was proclaimed the president, and it took 37 days. And by the way, you know, we're hearing about you know Trump not conceding. Well, it's in, it's interesting how 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 people forget. Al Gore did not concede until 27 days after. <laughs> How hypocritical are people, <laughs> Luis? <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even I remember when I was a kid back then, but you know how it is, selective memory. I mean, um, the media wants us to remember what's convenient for them, can we say. Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, going back in time. Um. The other, the other, we, we, we're, we're touching on Philadelphia. Also, Philadelphia, the partisan observer was denied. Um, I have, I have many, I have many friends in, in PA, uh, and they're telling me that, and uh, two of them were telling me that a lot of their friends who are poll watchers were not allowed to come, even okay, six feet distance. Fine. Not, there were a hundred, almost fifty to a hundred feet away from 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 the actual uh, the counting of the votes. You know, there. I think in PA, there's a lot of evidence. Like I said before, uh, the ballots cannot be rejected for signatures that do not match. That's how could that be? How could that be right? Right, I mean, if, if, I mean, Philly was is a hotbed, obviously, of yeah, the corruption, and uh, uh, you know, frankly, what 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 we need to do as citizens, uh, you know, we need to put a lot more pressure. Elections matter, and in a lot of these places where you had the poll watchers flat out being denied access to to view, a lot of times under the guise of COVID restrictions, right? Oh, the, the social distancing, get this, get six feet away, you can't see it. all this garbage. You know, it's why it's so important that we ahead of time, before these things actually happen, you know, you got to get your plan, uh, your plans in place, you got to get your leaders in place who are going to take action. And they shouldn't send in their the state troopers, you know, whatever, to force the poll watchers in there so they could see what's happening in there. And you can't just have these people declaring themselves the uh, the kings and the queens of the precinct right. and telling people that they can't go in when they have the legal right and obligation to be there. Right now, uh, you know Pennsylvania, but ultimately, all of this what's what's happening is it's shining forth the corruption, and really in the end, it's it's backfiring on them because it it became so blatant the fact that they're you know hiding something. It's so clear to people that it's uh, a sign of malfeasance that it's, uh, you know, they shot themselves in the foot there. So it's bringing to light the fraud. And Pennsylvania is ultimately, because of this, it's it's going to go into President Trump's column, the same with Georgia. And Georgia, you, know, you can see similar things going on. Stacey Abrams, obviously, still a sore loser from having left, lost to Brian Kemp years ago. Right. Uh, spent the last couple of years uh, launching a powerful voter fraud campaign on behalf of Biden Democrats, uh, especially in Atlanta, where you have these high concentration Democrat areas and Democrat-controlled precincts. So in Georgia, uh, I mean, obviously now we've got the recount slash out going on in Georgia. Georgia also is going to end up going to President Trump in the end, in my estimation. Right. Um, but even there, you know, there's. It's going to be a battle. I can say, if you saw the news today, you've got the uh, Secretary of State of Georgia, who is uh, saying, 
oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do a recount, but it probably won't make a difference in the election. And he was, uh, and if you, you, you probably saw that Senators Purdue and Loeffler were calling for him to resign because of his mishandling on it, of all this. And, um, you know, he was shooting back at them, kind of being snide and uh, um, smart about it. Um, and now all of a sudden he comes out today and he says that his wife has COVID, so he's going to be uh, quarantining for the next couple of weeks, even while this recount is going on. So, Well, like I mentioned earlier, I, I, from my perspective, we, we need to do a, ha- a, a, a recount, but we have to do an audit. Without an audit, you cannot really identify actually what were legal, what the ballots, which ballots were actually legal, and which ones were not. And and then you have to do a computer forensic data investigation uh, on all the the ballots that went through that Dominion system. Um, otherwise, you're not going to get the real true picture. You may get some, but not the full picture. But in that Georgia, you know, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, you know, and again, I think one of the things that I, people need to, to realize that in order for a candidate to be certified by the Board of, of Election or Board of Electors is that they need to basically have no, there, there, there cannot be any legal litigation going on. So one of the problems that the Democrats are facing is that on December 14th, when it's supposed to be certified, if there's litigation still going on, that cannot happen. And a lot of people do not know that, Luis. I just find it incredible. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you this. A lot of Democrat liberals are going to be sorely disappointed. And, and uh, <laughs> we're going to have a huge repeat of all the tears from uh, uh, four years ago. It's going to be magnified two or three times over um, come, Janu- come January 20th with the inauguration of President Trump to another four years. Now, as, as far as the Dominion, you know, I think you've got it right there. Dominion is the key to this. I mean, there's lots of different tangents. There's lots of different aspects to the fraud situation in this election. But in my estimation, Dominion is the key because of the corrupt nature there, the ties to Democratic leaders, the, uh, you know, the reversals, the deletion. And President Trump came out just today earlier, actually, a few hours ago. And he was calling it out, you know, uh, sharing reporting by One American News about millions of votes. He said they were deleted. You know, they were favorable to him by these machines. View is the clearest path to go to with the Supreme Court. Where the Supreme Court can deem, you know, these these votes using this technology was compromised. You know, was fraudulent, and that's where perhaps. And that Trump legal team can work in and try to get these votes, the precincts or areas where these uh, war dominion was used uh, to be thrown out if they can prove they were fraudulent. And that's where the president's path of victory will likely ultimately go through. Right, right. Yeah, uh, it, it's definitely um, dominion is the key. And, and, and again, uh, when it comes to uh, any type of data uh, inspection, on any particular uh, software-driven machines, you have to do uh, a, a forensic investigation on, on those particular, that particular data, uh, the system, the operating system, the bugs, because you can find a lot, you can inject malicious codes and, 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 and inject bugs in there to do whatever you want, because... Machines run on a code. You code it a certain way to do certain things, and it'll do that. So um, if it says move votes from Trump to Biden at this certain time, which I find it, it, it very interesting because if everyone, I don't know if everyone remembers, but during election night, 
remember in, in Atlanta, Georgia, in Fulton County, the heart of, of Atlanta, there was a water break, water main break. Remember? We heard it. Well, after investigating, they started investigating that. There was no invoice. There was nothing of any company going to that particular election polling place where they supposedly had a water main break. Isn't that interesting, Luis? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Got the connection there for a second. But, you know, it's all these, <laughs> I mean, all these quote-unquote coincidences, right, going on. Uh, you know, it's, it's curious that these uh, these random occurrences, these coincidences always happen to benefit the Democrats in some way, right? I mean, uh, it was FDR who famously said that nothing in politics happens by accident. If something happens in politics, then know that somebody planned it that way. And, you know, probably these people, uh, democratic election fraud isn't something new. I mean, it's been go back all the way to the times of Tammany Hall in New York, uh, which interestingly enough, you know, some people – forget this, but one of the reasons Tammany Hall was so reason committing fraudulent votes was also because of uh, uh, not voting in place. It wasn't mail ballots, but it was take-home ballots, and you would have the award healers and award bosses from the Tammany party machine, and they would grab the ballots, and they would, you know, quote-unquote distribute them to the people in their precincts, but a lot of times they would just, like, fill it in for them and then take it back. So it's this huge corruption. It's, you know, same thing, same principle. So it yeah. just goes back all the way. And other countries, too, can attest to this. You've got people in Britain who uh, also are telling us that the mail voting, postal voting, I believe they call over there, has always been problematic, prone to fraud. So okay. these are people, the democratic machine, who for them, voter fraud, is simply a way of life. It's simply a matter of business. It's how they do things. And they've had decades, if not centuries, of being able to perfect this art. And so, but I think what people need to uh, understand is that they're only going to get away with it if they let them. President Trump understands this. And there's too much on the line for us not to fight back. I know a lot of people, even conservatives, you know, we're all, we've all been on high tension over the last several months for the election, well, the last year. And there's some people who are maybe feeling a bit, uh, a bit tired from the fight. And they, I've, I've seen some uh, people, well meaning, well intentioned conservatives, but saying, oh, you know what? Let's just uh, let's call it a day. Let's just, uh, we'll come back next time. We'll come back in 2022 for the House, or we'll come back in 2024 to run somebody else again. And we'll get it next time. Listen, folks, there won't be a next time if we don't fight, if we don't stop this right now be another chance and that it's like lindsey graham said he said rightly i don't agree with him on a lot of things but i agree with him on this that another republican will not win at least a conservative one if we don't nip this in the bud right now between the voter fraud and everything else i mean if we can't stop the voter fraud in its tracks right now that we have a republican and a fighting republican for that matter in the white house and control the senate how in the world is some uh, Republican guy going to be able to do it when he's not even in power in another four years and when they probably will have the Senate by that time as well with more voter fraud? I mean, and not only that, I mean, just look at Biden. What do they want to do? They want to get rid of the Electoral College. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They want statehood for Puerto Rico, for Washington, D.C. They want open borders amnesty with voting for all these people to give amnesty to and voting for non-citizens. I mean, between all of that, you know, you're not going to have, you could, they're going to just overwhelm the voting pool, create for themselves tens of millions of new democratic voters. You know, you're never going to get a Republican in there again. This is our last stand. This is, if it was ever a hill to die on, this is the one. And people right. need to understand that. And we've got to push forward. Well, I, I have to tell you what you just said about about voter fraud as a way of way of life for Democrats. Um, President um, 
projected winner, projected winner, let me rephrase that, projected winner of the 2020 election, Joe Biden's chosen chief of staff, Ronald, Ronald Klain, admitted that U.S. elections are rigged because when he was asked, he was asked which read 68% of Americans think elections are rigged, and he responded, that's because they are. <laughs> I mean, how much more evidence? How much more evidence can you actually get when the new chief of staff for the new projected winner says, yes, he agrees. The, the elections are rigged. <laughs> no, no, you're right about that. I mean, uh, but the thing about these people, there's, you know, they're they're so they're so used to lying all the time, but they're so overwhelmed by the lies. You have to tell that sometimes they can't help but tell the truth. Sometimes they just have to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Seven three two five three nine. Do you do you have a question for Louise? You, are you there? Okay. She's not ready to, or he's not ready. Uh, 605-496, do you have a question for Luis? Hello? Okay. Peter, we have a lot of shy folks here. Um, no, 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 no. You, you're not hearing us. Oh, you're not? We're, I'm no. here. Yeah. Okay, well, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh boy, am I talking to idiots or what? Can you hear me? Yes, can I can you? hear you. Will somebody ahead. unmute me or not? Okay. Oh no, no. Go ahead. We're getting all savvy. Well, no, no, the, the, the connection is the problem. Is, yeah, it's, the connection is not on our end. It's not on my end. I didn't ask about the connection. Okay. <laughs> if you heard me, just answer the question. No, no I didn't hear ask, you. Uh, ask the, we didn't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Uh, okay. No, I was asking. I probably forgot now. Um, but Biden himself said that there was election fraud. Did you hear that? He did a gas. <laughs> Louis, yes, what do you he think admitted about it that? on tape, just like he admitted the Ukraine uh, influence peddling with the billion dollars and firing the prosecutor. And, and yet people still voted for this man. I, I mean, he he admitted on YouTube like the lady said, that we have the greatest fraud operation in history or something, something along those lines. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> and the other thing <laughs> is, am I here? Yeah, keep going, keep going. You're, 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 you're on oh, the air. Okay, no. The other thing is, Biden stayed in the basement and did nothing, no campaigning, no nothing, because he knew it was going to be voter fraud, I think. He didn't have to do anything. And because he's too stupid anyway, you know how to I agree with right. you. Right? So, I mean, yep. that's, and that's why we have all this fraud now. <laughs> they had it all rigged. Think, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. I, I hear you. And, you know, in part, there's, that's why. there's no way that there's no way this man could win with no campaigning and being so stupid and having dementia. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he didn't win, and uh, that you know it's, it's clear and as clear as day to anybody who has a a bit of sense like us here, and uh, and that's what makes it so unbelievable. Uh, you know, frankly, it's the the deep state. If you want to call it that, the you know the elites, the people pulling this the strings, uh, the globalists. For them, Joe Biden was really the ideal candidate, wasn't he? I mean, here you have a guy who has been a lifetime, pretty much his entire adult life, his professional career, uh, 
being a a, uh, a servant, so to speak, of foreign interests, selling out his country for personal gain, he has all these uh, all of these um, what we can say com- things compromising him, you know, and um, all these skeletons in his closet. You know, he's got his uh, own personal misdeeds, those of his son. You know, he's got uh, and uh, to tie it all together, and he's a guy who's clearly suffering from. From dementia, clearly deteriorating mentally, yet physically, he is just a perfect person to to mold and to influence and to push around, and the perfect puppet, just to put it bluntly. And so, and I think all of us recognize that even he himself, you know, he'll be in there. Well, Trump is going to win, but their goal obviously is to get him in there a year or two, and then either 25th Amendment or send him six feet under. And you have President Harris in there, which was really, if oh, you look God. at it, was their, plan, was their plan from the beginning. I mean, if you went all the way back to their primaries, primaries there are many indications of it. For example, the moving, if you recall, the moving of the uh, California primaries. They had moved it earlier in the campaign season, uh, specifically with the purpose of benefiting Kamala. But, you know, people hated her, her own party, so they, she fizzled out so quickly. But the, the establishment wanted her from the beginning, which is why they did all those things. Biden, he was obviously down. It was going to be Bernie. And all of a sudden, they get him, Biden, back up there to last minute in South Carolina because they know he was, you know, they can, uh, they can sweep him under the rug afterward a few months in the White House and get Kamala, their real candidate, in there. So it's all just a huge ball, in short, a huge ball of, of dirtiness and corruption. But you know what? The beauty of it is the American people aren't buying it. I think after so many years of being lied to and through the work of President Trump, who's awakened so many people, and the people who are sick and tired of it, we're awake. We can see the, the lies being peddled by mainstream media. And you know, to, to borrow a famous phrase, we're not going to take it. And that's, that's why we're, we're going to win, because unlike other people who allow themselves to be pushed over for so long, the Romneys of the world, the Bushes of the world, President Donald J. Trump is a fighter, and he inspires other people to fight as well, which is why we're going to win. Yeah. Uh, uh, win, so five, we're not going to have a country. Yeah, yeah. 605-496. you still there? Hello? Yeah, we can't hear him. Yeah, okay. It's a problem on, on his end. Uh, you know, this coming Saturday, we're going to have the one million, um, one million mile march in D.C. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Thank you. Yes, what uh, we're hearing, we're hearing that Antifa will be there dressing up as Trump supporters. This is a, this is what I'm hearing from some people out in in Portland. Uh, that are indicating that that's going to be a, a, a situation they want to create tension. Um, what's your take on that, Luis? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't surprise me in the least bit. And, um, you know, I have my own experiences here where I live in North Florida. It's very conservative, uh, very red area, but you have pockets. You, know, you see, you see uh, Antifa, all these revolutionary left-wing groups, what they do is they try to find, like anyone who's subversive, uh, an enemy of the established order, they try to find weak spots where they can penetrate, where they can get in and start rotting out the conservative community to build a, a nest for themselves. And so there's some of those pockets here in North Florida, close to where I live, that they have uh, tried to establish themselves in. And I've encountered these Antifa here in the community. I was at a, uh, an event a few weeks ago, actually, over at a local university, and we've got uh, a few agitators here in the area, um, ties to, the, uh, to Hamas, to the Muslim Brotherhood, to the Black Panthers, the Black Israelites, Antifa, of course, a few others like the John Brown Gun Club, the Coalition of Armed Labor. A lot of them congregate. They all run together in the same groups. So we actually had a few of them here a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, uh, 
a lot of Trump MAGA people, conservatives were out there. And, you know, you had these people out there from the radical left stirring trouble, uh, continually attacking and trying to attack our people, uh, pulling guns on them. You ended up having, we ended up having, a, you know, police ended up breaking the whole thing down, sending everybody home because we had some Antifa who pulled a gun. And actually one of my friends and his brother actually jumped in, both military and combat veterans, disarmed this guy. Uh, later turns out he was an Antifa who's been to Louisville celebrating the murder of the cops on social media to place his arm to the teeth. But anyway, so you have a lot of these groups. And the thing to understand about them is, and there's a, a very insightful report I actually wrote about this a few months ago. Uh, there's this myth that's perpetuated. Obviously, Joe Biden is one of the great perpetuators of the myth. What did he say to debate it? He said, Antifa is an idea, non-organization right. And, uh, you know, even a lot of people who are uh, right of center sometimes believe that Antifa is just this kind of um, haphazard organization of people or collection of people. In some uh, situations, that's true. But in particular, in some of these stronger areas, you know, in the West in particular, you know, the, the Washingtons, the Oregons, over there, uh, you know, it's actually a very, very organized, very centralized chain of command, hierarchical organization that Antifa is. And, uh, and there's obviously, you know, you've, you've got, if you watch some of these YouTube videos, you've got these scrawny, you know, out of, out of shape um, cosplayers, basically Antifa. But there are other elements who are highly trained, who are highly coordinated using you know, using sophisticated strategy. Where's that coming from? Obviously, there's funding behind it. Obviously, we know it's George Soros mm-hmm. and other global forces who are promoting it. So it's it's very important that people recognize that. A, just for your personal safety. And, you know, frankly, we've got, uh, thankfully, patriots are aware and prepared for these eventualities. You know, we have many patriotic groups out there who are willing to stand up to these evil forces when necessary, you know, three percenters, the Oath Keepers, et cetera. Uh, but it is under, uh, important to understand the, the threat that they pose. Um, it's important to educate our local law enforcement about these people and to investigate them and to preemptively take measures to secure areas. I mean, we know that when President Trump ultimately prevails here, as he will, there's going to be havoc on the streets. Mm-hmm. So our local law enforcement needs to start preparing now individually and as communities as families need to be not preparing to be prepared now and you've got to have your ammo you've got to have you know whatever you need and uh, but at the end of the day what's also important to understand is we really want to take these guys out you need to go to the top you need to go after the George Soros you need to go after the money and I said I think it's very important that we continue to put pressure on our local leaders uh, well, our representatives at all levels to yeah. you know, go after these guys. And, uh, you know, if, if some of the Republicans in Congress, if they really want to make themselves useful for a change, and they could they could start doing like uh, like in Europe, where we've got places like uh, Victor Orban, uh, who's getting these this sort of anti-George Soros legislation kicking out right. of the country. That's what we really yeah. need to do if we ultimately want to stop this, less, this left-wing violence. Cut the head off and the rest of the body of the snake will fall down by itself. Yeah, I think Victor Orban is, is a hero, in, 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 especially in Europe. Uh, 732-539, you, have, you have another question for Luis. Uh, really, uh, I had lost you for a while. I had to hang up and call again. So I, I missed a whole lot of what you were saying. I don't know what happened. So well, I, we were I, discussing I the, the whole questions. situation with uh, – there's rumors around that Antifa is going to be down there at the um, 1 million mar- um, march in D.C. this coming oh, yeah. Saturday. So that we were uh, – Luis was basically breaking down in regards to Antifa and, and some of these radical left-wing uh, organizations. Uh, we have, we have uh, five more minutes to go. Um, this has been fantastic. I mean, this is actually, uh, that's the reason anyone uh, go out there and, 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 and support Luis. Uh, can you give your, your website 
uh, your articles, um, where we can read some of your wonderful, wonderful um, uh, uh, articles. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, you can find my latest articles over at thenewamerican.com. And you can also find me pretty much on all social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and now Parlor with the handle <laughs> at LuisMiguelUS. Fantastic. I've been reading your articles and really, really uh, exciting. Uh, you got a you got a bright future ahead. Uh, now, in regards to what's coming up, I mean, we have uh, the, uh, the recount, like I said, in, in Georgia, which has to be both audit and a recount. Then we got Nevada, and we got Arizona. Arizona is very interesting because the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, is a Democrat, and she has come out with very, very nasty things to say about Trump supporters. Now, I think Governor Ducey should step in and take her out because she's basically very biased. What's your take on that, Louise? Right, absolutely. He needs to step in. I think uh, in all these Repub- uh, states with Republican governors, it's time for these governors to uh, you know, to prove what they're worth. The, the people elected them because they had faith that they were going to be fighters for the conservative and patriotic cause. And it's time for them to, to show, to demonstrate that, you know, in Arizona, Ducey needs to show that Brian Kemp, I mean, Brian Kemp was secretary of state before he became governor. And, um, you know, he needs to follow the uh, DeSantis model. Look how clean of an election mm-hmm. uh, DeSantis managed to make this in Florida this time around compared to years past. He didn't have any of the, any of the filth down in Broward like he had in the elections past. Brian Kemp needs to prove himself. Ducey needs to prove himself. Get rid of that. That 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 in and of itself is a huge conflict of interest that she's on record, you know, calling out Trump supporters. You know, where how do you, any any rational person can see that she's leveraging the power she holds to um, to move the election in Joe Biden's favor. So absolutely, Ducey needs to step in, and that should be further proof in any legisl- uh, litigation that is taken regarding the election there of, um, of you know, wrongdoing on the part of the Democrats. Definitely. And I think, I think the Georgia State Secretary, I can't recall his name right now, he's going to be quarantined for a couple of weeks now. So that's going to be interesting. Brian Kemp is probably going to have to uh, have someone someone to cover for him, or do you think Brian Kemp will will take over at that point? Yeah, you know, I, I can't say for sure how the mechanics will will be going down with that. I mean, clearly, if this man is in quarantine, someone is going to be required to be in there personally. I wouldn't mind if it were Kemp. You know, hopefully, you know, I think he, Kemp to me seems like so, like a DeSantis, someone who probably wants to run for president someday. So I think if he wants that, he's got to, he's got to prove himself. Now it's his time to shine and step in there or put someone in there who will get the job done. And if that's, if that's what ends up happening, if that's what ends up happening, then I'm all for it because we need somebody in there who's going to take this seriously and who's going to ensure. I mean, that's what it comes down to ensuring the integrity of the election. That's all we're asking for. All right. I mean, obviously we all want to win we know we have one, but unlike Democrats, we're not trying to win uh, at all costs during the law. We simply want the law to be obeyed. We want election procedures to be fulfilled honestly and with integrity. And right. once that's done, we'll be happy with whatever the result might be. Okay, so to clarify everything, uh, the governor of, of, of Nevada is a Democrat. The governor of Pennsylvania is a Democrat. The governor of of Michigan is a Democrat, but both Michigan and Pennsylvania have Republican legislators. Legislators. Wisconsin has a Democrat uh, governor, but the legislator, I believe, is also Republican. So, you know, it's it's a balance. We'll see who comes out ahead. Thank you, Louis Miguel. 
it's been a fantastic show, and thank all our callers. Um, and we want you back again. You're fantastic. All right. Thank you thank for you. coming. No all right. Next week we'll have another exciting guest, and just stay tuned. You'll know soon who that would be. Have a great night. God bless America. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.